Conquer Life's Mountains with Mitsubishi, powering Ian Collins once a word. Next today, at 20 minutes to one, we're dropping in on the European Athletics Championships to see Daly Thompson in action. Until then, we'll leave you with our selection of pages from CFAX and some music. Ian Collins wants a word. Hello and summer greetings kids as we set the meter running on the latest episode of Once a Word and while guarantees may be light on the ground we can still promise you smiles, giggles and a 40 minute sesh that's busier than Google videos after that Talisa verdict and believe me, it doesn't get busier than that. Is that double L, Kev, on Talisa? And tonight we'll be delighted to offer you some of this. Andre, give us some advice music. And quite a healthy dose of this. A Ford Capri a la Cherry McCain. Ah, you see that, everybody, was the cheeky Glaswegian, Del Strain. He's back with a big list of facts that will blow your mind. And we'd be kicking like a kitten in a sack if we didn't give you some of this. Just wondering what you thought about Chris Moyles leaving the Radio 1 breakfast show. I can't tell you how excited I am about that. And here he is, everybody, the man with a mouth like a man. It is exec producer Sideshow Kev. Again, these little introductions get ever more oblique. Should we do a competition to see if anyone can guess what I said then? Um, if you want to, okay. yeah. I don't see why not. There's no prize, well, by the way. Well, if you look at it, there are several options. I mean, you could have said... Or... Or... As it was, you said, but the others are equally acceptable in your mind, although I am still hugely offended. Could have said festering. Wag, wag, oops. You could have done. <laughs> Feedback and questions via social media like Facebook and Twitter and email and MySpace. Why not? From Bernie. Can we just thank the Friends Reunited contacts as well? But don't you feel sorry for them? Because occasionally on, like, long dormant email accounts that you don't check anymore, you get, like, an email from Friends Reunited. Hello, do you remember us? It's Ivan here. Please, will you be our friends? Look, I sent two, Kev, all right. Hardly overkill. The the thing about Friends Reunited was that if you do a search for Homer Simpson, there are thousands of Homer Simpsons who went to school in this country. The funny thing about Friends Reunited uh, is that the first time somebody told me about it, I didn't believe it was... Well, in fact, I simply didn't believe them. Didn't believe it existed? Well, I couldn't believe anything like that was possible. I thought it was an urban myth. Somebody's told somebody in a pub. Uh, you know, how would this work? You know, it's not what the internet does. It no. doesn't, doesn't have that capability to click on things and add... It just didn't... There was nothing like it. it made no sense at all. And look at you now, king of Twitter. I know. From Bernie, speaking of Twitter, Ian and Kev, I'm new to Twitter and a bit overwhelmed. Any tips? Yes, resign. Not much to do on there, really, is there? If you use it to follow us, if you use it as a news feed, I don't know what... Who is it, Bernie? Bernie. Your name's Bernie. That means you're into sport. You just know you are. So go for all the sporting feeds, and then it becomes like a newswire service. Yeah, you say that. He may also be into running around in a sort of ostrich costume. It's entirely possible. Or being in a Nolan's act. From Nancy. Nancy says, I notice you've been dishing out some interesting facts in the last few podcasts. Here's one for you. Fact! Did you know that the world's number one tyre manufacturer is actually Lego, who produced 360 million tiny tyres every year? I did know that. I also knew uh, there's another one, that the world's biggest toy manufacturer is actually McDonald's. 
because of the happy meals. Correct. And yeah. So oh. everybody go, thinks of uh, Fisher Price, Mattel, all those kind of um, NB games, all of that. So effectively, Nancy is just there to tell us stuff that we already know. Yeah, I get that a lot on Twitter as well. I mean, it's amazing, given what I do for a living in the week and where I'm likely to work in quite a lot of newsrooms. Yeah. It's amazing how many people sent me a link to a news story. Have you seen this, Ian? And there'd be a story about the Barclays LIBOR exchange rate. Well, yeah, I might just have seen that in my capacity as doing my job. I have to say on Twitter, the number of people who um, will send me random acts or, or suggest them to you, who do the keep calm and carry on one, which we did several episodes ago. So, uh, you know, go back and download this stuff. I don't mean to be rude, but seriously. It's all there. Yeah. There's 22 episodes, aside from this one. From Pork Fiddle. (laughs) I miss the 90s. Do you? What are your favourite memories? Tony Blair got elected. Yeah. You got that job. You know the one, the radio one. Oh, I did, yeah. Yeah. The other place. Radio Kent. (laughs) Yeah, the 90s were okay. Good money. They were all right, really. They were all right. They? Yeah. Britpop. All, all a bit overrated now. When the Britpop stuff was. Do you remember the, um, that shocking, forced, coerced piece of music industry marketing, the Blur Oasis battle yes. that took place? And this was going to really sort of show, you know, which camp you were, you were either Oasis or Blur, you know, and you could sort of have been a bit of both. I think most people probably were. Mm. And there was some self-belief that if you went Oasis that you were somehow more in touch with real music because Blur were just a bunch of uh, essentially southern posh boys but of course we forget that Oasis were actually not exactly working class boys from Manchester that music and they sort of very much defined the 90s musically you know there was that going on there yep. was there was Blair there was uh, Blur or Blair Blair and Blur Blur and Blair Four Blurs into one really. <laughs> From Mikey. Mikey says, I'm sure you guys are already penning cheap and easy Talisa gags. I think... Never mind. Quite funny, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the name of the careful, video, wasn't yes, it? careful. <laughs> Just wondered if you two have ever filmed something that you regret. What, together? <laughs> it was a shower scene, all right? No. Oh, God. Um, I was fascinated by that last week. That <laughs> This is brilliant. Talisa stood on the steps of the High Court. She got some kind of apology. I don't know why she had to go to the High Court to get the apology. Couldn't she just have gone to the bloke and said, look, oi, nosh boy, here's the deal, okay? Can you uh, just retract everything, say that you did it for money, say sorry, and all be forgotten? And anyway, for some reason it ended up in the High Court, and they argued about it, and she actually used the phrase. Afterwards, she said, you know, nobody when sharing an intimate moment. Yes. That wasn't an intimate moment! It was a... It's not exactly the sort of thing that Julian Fellows is about to stick on Downton Abbey, is it? <laughs> That's intimacy. That's dramatic intimacy, love. Some, well, some, I'll, I'll be honest here. Somebody sent me the link when it came out, and I watched it, and I wrote back to them, and I said, that is a lookalike, because clearly the person in it is a porn star, because they are so adept at... <laughs> well navigated. Because, because they are so adept... And, you know, almost enthusiastic for the sausage that clearly <laughs> that isn't somebody, that nobody gets one like that. <laughs> it's a, a sausage competition that I judge. Oh, 
in like sausage eating? Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> King of the Kubasa and uh, local sausage makers, they all make their best and they enter it. I bet it's delicious. It is. It's, it's February 9th, 7 p.m. at uh, Prairie Land Park. You can get uh, tickets online at Pick a Dick. Pick. <laughs> Sam, Sam says, Ian, I listen to the podcast through Apple TV in my living room. And whenever you say, get in there, Lucy, my dog called Lucy goes mental. Please stop it. I'll try and stop it. All right, Lucy. And from Lisa, Lisa says, I need some advice. Andre, give us some advice music. Go on. My five-year-old has won Olympic tickets in a school competition. She has four tickets for the volleyball. She's not really old enough to understand this. So do I take her and the family to see it, or do I eBay them, <laughs> given that an entire afternoon of volleyball is likely to be about as entertaining as Vince Cable changing his pants? <laughs> well, I happen to think that's quite entertaining, actually, Vince Cable changing his pants. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. What do you do? You're you looking forward to the uh, Olympics? Are we doing an Olympic-free podcast? Uh, or an Olympic-obsessed well, podcast? We, I think we need to have a discussion about I think we what do. we do. A high-level meeting. I think, well, I think you need to reflect it somehow, don't you? Because it's going to be everywhere for a bit. But then, as you say, are we this oasis of non-Olympic-ness itude? Yes, I'd like to see... This, there's lots of sports that aren't in the Olympics I think I'd quite like to see. Uh, rallying, for a start. I think. <laughs> <laughs> quite nice. <laughs> That's a normal Friday evening in Stratford. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. Oh, look, there's a Ford Escort Mark III being chased down the high street. Yeah. Gold medals all around. There we are. Um, so, I don't know. Would you eBay them? Would you take your... Uh, I well, it's the event rather than the actual. Sport. You've got youngsters in your family. Would you, you know, what would you do? Uh, go to see the volleyball. I'd let them go, and I'd go to the pub. I think you're right. Yeah. There you go, Lisa. Go to the pub. Let the kids go. Uh, any questions you want to send to us, you can email Kev at onceaword.com or Ian at onceaword.com. Let's never do that again, ever. And here we go, the tiny things in life that royally piss you off. I mean, it's as simple and as straightforward as that. They're called random acts of irrational annoyance. They may be minuscule and, I suppose, technically irrelevant, but nonetheless, their mere presence in your life, in whatever shape or form, are enough to irk you out of your own pants. We've got loads of some great ones tonight, Kev. Got oh, we always have great ones, We eh? do, we love that, them. It's that's our the point. Feature. It. It's yeah. much better than the shit that follows. Oh, I see. We'll come to that so-called shit in a bit, shall we? Can't wait. I have two. I have two this week. Okay. Have you noticed, and I, I don't quite get this, but if you go into your local sandwich emporium, like a high street sandwich emporium... <laughs> the sandwich emporium? Yeah. What the f*** are you talking about? You know, all right. What kind of existence are you living in? You go it's to not Beverly Hills 90210. Right. You go to Boots or you go to Sainsbury's, wherever they sell pre-packed sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> to celebrate the Jubilee or Excuse the... Excuse me, perchance. <laughs> could you tell me where the sandwich emporium is? Pre-packed sandwiches in shops these days... A number of supermarkets and high street stores have started selling what they call British sandwiches. Now, are these British sandwiches there to appeal to us, being British, or to give people who are visiting for the Olympics the idea that this is what we actually eat? Yes. Because the selection is pretty incredible. I mean, it is stuff like squirrel and cucumber, <laughs> or cheese and gravel. We don't eat these things. 
Why do what, do they think we want to eat them now? Do they think tourists are going to go, oh, bit of squirrel and cucumber, I quite mm. fancy that. That's disgusting. Don't they have terrible food here? I'm never coming back. That's the strange thing about sandwiches. And they also try and flog you a bag of crisps with them now as well. No, probably. But the British thing, of course, they started this um, Diamond Jubilee thing, which they were hoping was going to chime, because the Diamond Jubilee stuff actually went very well. Even if you're not a royalist, it did sort of look pretty impressive. And then they thought, well, this will be good because it's Diamond Jubilee, so that means England are clearly going to win the European Cup. And, of course, they didn't. Yeah. And then they thought, well, it doesn't matter because there's another Brit just waiting around the corner to make some sporting dominance history. And uh, that was Andy Murray, and, of course, he didn't manage to do it. No. And then there's the Olympics in a couple of weeks where apparently we might win some gold medals, but, of course, we only win gold on sports where you can sit down or when you're on water. Yes. Sailing, cycling, you name it, all that old cack, we win stuff. Running, nah. But even so, everyone can appreciate these sports. Well, we might win. Dwayne Chambers, the drug cheat, he's going to be running, isn't he? I believe that so. That goes off like a... <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other one, eyebrows. <laughs> They're annoying. I always thought the point of eyebrows, and yep. maybe I'm wrong about this, is if, it, if you're doing something, if you're doing some exercise, whatever, it's hot, they're meant to stop the sweat running into your eyes. Whereas actually, they don't. All they do is just sort of hold it there for a bit and then drop it. It's like a delayed reaction. Delayed sweat in your eyes to sting them and so on. Uh, here's one. I, I might have been here before with this one. Uh, these are words that sound uh, like the very opposite to what they actually mean. Oh, yeah. A uh, good example is fledgling. Fledgling company. Dragon's Den Boy always talks about the fledgling company, which just sounds like a failing company. The fledgling company. I know. I see what you mean. The yeah. other one is the word uppers. Can anyone explain to me, this is a government on its uppers, which means it's a government on its downers. Which makes, yeah, makes it sound like, oh, well done. Yeah, you're, you're doing well, eh? You're on the ups, son. Hey, good work, Cam. Why? 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 No, Kev, why? Why? Uppers, why? I don't know. So an answer to that. They don't like it, uppers. <laughs> P on Twitter says, umbrellas that require their own postcode. Now... It's interesting, that, because there are some massive beasts out there when it rains. Oh, true. And the other day, I've, I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've used an umbrella, but I have got an old TalkSport umbrella. Oh, Massive yeah. bastard it is. It's just ridiculous. I've never used this thing, because uh, I thought if I open it up, it might have a picture of Adrian Durham on the side of it or something. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I opened the beast up, and it was such an umbrella. It was one of those kind of... Uh, things that sort of is pterodactyl-like in its uh, arrangement. And I thought, can I really take this with me? Man alive, was I glad. I took several eyeballs out on the journey, but, hey, I was as dry as a what's it. Radio station umbrellas were one of the best freebies, though, really, because yeah. there were always thousands of them lying around. I seem to have a, a magic umbrella. I mean, I can't fly with it or anything. <laughs> hey, Mary Poppins. And for some insane, inexplicable reason, a smooth radio umbrella. I've no idea where that came from. Kenny in Swansea on Twitter says, My roundabout for rational audience are Labour MPs who quote bad news statistics but forget they were the same statistics when they were in office. That's what I, I think Kenny's been listening to my show on LBC. Have you got a show on LBC? <laughs> yes, LBC 97.3. We had an MP in who quoted a load of statistics at another MP. The Labour MP quoted statistics at the Tory MP with absolute poison and mm. venom. This MP was fuming, about as angry as it gets. Yeah. And essentially saying, this is what you dirty Tories have done, you filthy bastards, you nasty party. And I didn't point it out, and I should have done, journalistically. And the Tory MP wasn't clearly bright enough to point it out. The statistics she actually quoted were from four years ago. Oh. They were as bad under the last lot as they still are under this lot, so neither party wins. But it is extraordinary that she said it 
with such ingrained passion and hatred in her voice. So, yeah, I'm with you, Kenny. Joe says, uh, Random Acts of Annoyance, tribute bands. Why do they exist? What's the point? I feel displaced embarrassment watching them. I'm with Joe on that. I, I sort of agree. Is there a good one? Any good ones? Uh, the bootleg Beatles are meant to be all right, if you the like bo- the Beatles. Am I right to say the bootleg Beatles, you know, you wouldn't be able to book them for under a few grand, because they go out they do, big yeah, money. Yeah, they do a lot of business. There's a, in fact, there's a Queen, there was a Queen tribute act, and the main, I think the, the, the guy who was the singer from it, did actually become a singer with Queen. Really? I think when Queen were doing an act, they chose this guy to do the the, the lead vocal. Part. Oh no, that's just that's spooky then. Yeah, but I think he, he was apparently he was so good that they, um, they well, weren't I mean, pretending he was Mercury. But I mean, the thing about the, the whole Queen thing is when like Brian May will play a Queen song with five or whatever else. But actually, having someone because they're a bit like Freddie or remind you of Freddie, it's a little bit strange. And I'm no fan of Queen at all, but you know what I'm saying, Paulie. Celebrities that retweet compliments, you insecure freaks. Terry Christian, Alan Carr, Timmy Mallet, they're all at it. Absolutely. Hashtag Desperados, he says. Uh, Danny Bean says. (laughs) (laughs) What's so funny? It's a bloke's name. I don't know. What are you insulting our listeners? Uh, No, I'm not. Danny Bean. It's fine. He says, I, what gets up my nose is the way the Tories constantly blame everything on the previous government or bad weather. Hashtag get a grip. Stop hashtagging. Well, he's wrong about the bad weather. The bad weather is a key indicator and a key issue and a problem for an economy. Yeah. So, for example, the reason Marks and Spencer's clothes sales, their food sales went up, their clothes sales went down, is because nobody's been out to buy a summer dress, a pair of shorts or sandals in the last year. Yeah. Uh, It's a huge factor, a massive factor. I think people wrongly stick it in the British Rail, it's the wrong kind of snow sort of excuse. Mm. But actually, the weather is just destroyed the high street this summer so in that respect uh, he's wrong but in the tourists blaming the other lot he's right but then to be fair and balanced <laughs> why should i start that now <laughs> labor still blame margaret thatcher for stuff and that was 30 years ago yeah well this comes in from paul the skoda advert talking about apps they're not apps it's bluetooth radio and sat nav oh is that the one with anastasia in the car singing to the guy that, is that the one? Oh, it's... Yeah, well, because he's, he's demonstrating the apps on his little screen in his Skoda, and she's sitting next to him. Oh, it's it's bad. Hashtag stop apping normal tech. Yeah. That's a very good point. So a button that was a button anyway is now being called an app. So press this button to turn it on. It's not an app. But it's a bit like everything, even still now, everything has an eye at the beginning, because iPod came out, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's eye lamp. Yes, all of that. Eye beer. Thank you, Kev, you eye... <laughs> <laughs> Tony says, Olympic idiots who decide it would be smart to close the car park next to the stadium and make you park 20 minutes away. Yeah, the reason, though, Tony, as I'm sure you know, is so somebody doesn't plan to bomb in your car and blow the gaff up. Yeah. Uh, if you have any random acts of irrational annoyance, very simply, at Ian Collins UK on Twitter or Ian at onceaword.com or Kev at onceaword.com. Thank you very much. Woo! Woo! The Mitsubishi ASX comes with active stability and traction control, on-demand four-wheel drive, hill start assist, and Mitsubishi's legendary reliability. For more information, search for Mitsubishi Cars. Sideshow Kev's Showbiz Shoebox. What do you think you're doing, lovely boys? And here it is, everybody. The feature that is fast becoming the worst feature ever invented for any kind of broadcast <sighs> format. Or podcast. It's Kev's hey, Showbiz Shoebox of sh- Thanks very much. You've always been a good friend to me. It's not good. It serves a purpose. It serves a need. And you say that, but actually, this week's Shoebox, a weekly look at the box of Showbiz fluff we find under the bed, is actually a request. It has been requested by somebody, Ian Collins, an email. Yeah. 
has come in to me, kevatwantsword.com, from Coming Mac. to your office. Mac in Falkirk. Mac says, any chance of another round of the Indie Band Name Challenge? Well, Mac, I've got some good news for you. It is this week, the triumphant return of the Indie Band Name Challenge! It's in there, Lucy! Andre, give me some Indie Band Name Challenge music, please, you long-haired 90s funster! Right. Very simple, Ian Collins. Yes. You'll hear three indie band names, but only one of them is real. Now, as before, as we know, I'm nowhere near rock and roll enough to do these justice. You're not wrong about that. So, please welcome back, from London's 104.9 XFM, it's pop It's Steve Harris! Hello, podcast world. It's Steve Harris here again with another big oozing dollop of indie goodness. Or not, <laughs> as the case may be. Here we go, number one. Which of these is actually a proper... Bona fide indie band. Is it A, 100% refund? B, rats on rafts? Or C, rampant Elvis and the motherfuckers? <laughs> so A, 100% refund? B, rats on rafts? Or C, rampant Elvis and the motherfuckers? Which of those is actually a proper indie band? I'm going for A. A, 100% yep. refund? Yep. Oh, it's not correct. I'm afraid the actual answer is rats on rafts. Like it. Yeah. What have you got next for us, Steve? Number two. All right, then, let's try these. Is it A, the Croydon Knockers? <laughs> B, Stoned Temple Pie Face? Or C, Unicorn Power? <laughs> You're right. A, the Croydon Cock Knockers? B, Stone Temple Pie Face, or C, Unicorn Power? Which do you think? Well, <clears throat> I've actually seen this band, and it's C. Have you? Yes. You're very hip, and it's also a correct answer. Correct. Right. Thank you very much. Come on, then, Steve. Let's rock out with number three, which is it? A, the Stagnite Drunkards, B, Funky Fred Harris and the Fishy Fishy Flaps, <laughs> or C... Mummy Short Arms. So A, Stagnite Drunkards, B, Funky Fred Harris and the Fishy Fishy Flaps, or C, Mummy Short Arms. The answer to that one is A. Stagnite Drunkards. Correct. It's not correct. <sighs> the actual answer is Mummy Short Arms. Okay. Number four, my cup runneth over with rocking indie goodness. Kev wrote this script. I would never say that in real life, just, just so you know. All right, here we go. Is it A, HD ready, Harry? B, Electricity in our homes. Or C, I know you are, but what am I? So A, HD ready, Harry. B, electricity in our homes. Or C, I know you are, but what am I? B. B? Yeah. Have you seen them as well? I haven't seen them, but they supported somebody I did see. Aren't you cool? Yeah. Another point for you. Thank you very much. Although I quite like the idea of an indie band called I Know You Are, But What Am I? It's not bad, is it? If you'd like to form that band, then, um... We'll have 10%, please. <laughs> and fifth and finally, it's, um, it's, it's number five. Is it A, Skeletons on Holiday, B, Larry Peace and the Nork Handlers, <laughs> or C, Kingdom of Splink? So A, Skeletons on Holiday, B, Larry Peace and the Nork Handlers, or C, Kingdom of Splink, Ian Collins, which of them is an actual indie band? Haven't seen them support anybody or otherwise, but it happens to be A. I know that because I do read my music press. It's the correct answer. Thank you very much. Colin scores big you on did, the Indie Challenge. You did surprisingly well. Yes, I did. For somebody with... With glasses. <laughs> that's not what I meant. Right, that's you lot. I'm off back to the day job, playing the hits to the Indie Kids. Might be a bit old-fashioned for you podcasters out there. 
but if you ever listen to the old wireless, uh, I'm on XFM in the afternoons between 2 and 5. And you can follow me on Twitter at SteveXFM. Ta-ta! If you've got any sh- for the showbiz shoebox, you can email me, kev at whatsword.com, or follow me on Twitter, if you like, at sideshow underscore kev. Marvellous. Voicemail roulette. Please leave a message. Yeah, it is back. Uh, as you know, voicemail roulette 07789 You use that number to call it and you uh, leave a message or a question or a rant or a moan or anything you want to utilise it for. We give money away for the message we consider to be the best of the bunch. However, we had got up to the figure of £53. £53! Oh. However, due to substandard contributions from you, it's now gone back down to £52. <laughs> Nonetheless, Kev, have you got some for us? I'm chucking to Lisa's boyfriend's massive schlog at it now! Hi Ian, it's June from Glasgow. Just a note to say, I'm still in the hospital but feeling a wee bit better. But I wanted to ask a quick question. Was the government planning to introduce a state loan system to assist with the care for the elderly, coupled with the increase in so-called austerity measures on the horizon in 2013? I was just wondering, <coughs> have you ever tried getting your dog drunk? I have. It's hilarious. Try Buckfast for maximum comedy. No, June, the answer is no. And as a patron of a dog charity, of course, in North Korea, I'd like just to make the point that it's not big and clever no. to uh, to get dogs pissed. No, and it's not something you should do. It's There's not loads so- of YouTube stuff of people getting dogs I know, I know. You know, off their face on all manner of things. It, and it's not something I would ever do. No. But I did give my cat a mojito. Here's another... Hello, Ian. Just wondering what you thought about Chris Moyles leaving the Radio 1 breakfast show. Um, I don't know whether I'm getting on a bit, but, man, as far as I can see, it's about eight years too late, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, let me know. Cheers. Well, to be honest, look, Moyles um, and my path have sort of crossed. There's been acrimonious things said between myself and the former fat one. It's quite thin, though. He is, yeah. He lost a lot of poundage. I've always maintained all the way through that sort of on-air battle stuff that we did, the... He was really good on the radio. I never, never said he wasn't good on the radio. Mm. Um, but I'm sure now that he's uh, no longer doing the Radio 1 uh, breakfast show, which he left by his total own choice, and nobody at any stage asked him of course or not. took him to an office and yeah. said, Chris, look, we think you're a bit <laughs> old now, so please, can you make way for new boy? Yeah. Despite all of that, you know, he will go on to uh, a brilliant career on Strictly Come Dancing, so, you know, good, fair play. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Should we get him on? Yeah. You come on. He will. Here's another. Hey, Ian. Hey, Kev. It's Mike here. Yeah, I haven't heard from you for a while, but you know what? I don't care. Guess what? I just met Mick Jagger. That's right. I just met Mick Jagger, and so I don't need your podcast. I met Mick Jagger. I'm with Mick Jagger now. But I'll ride. But I'll ride. Yeah. Yeah, I met Mick Jagger. But I'll ride. Oh, that's too weird, Kev. That's too weird, because the last time... I happen to know this. The last time Hanson saw Mick Jagger, you and me saw Mick Jagger as well. This is true. At Wembley. But the difference is then we actually did go and we know, because we could substantiate it, as opposed to Mike seeing Mick Jagger in his head and the little voices playing in his head because, yeah. as we've already established, yeah. he's fucking crazy. You know, I didn't believe it when he said he met Shaking Stevens and I don't believe it now he said he's met Mick hang Jagger. On, hang on. He met Shaking Stevens. Did you not know about the Shaking? Oh, man. Oh, it's unbelievable. Keefney did an entire morning based on it. Maybe he's right all along. Voicemail roulette 07789 We pay cash for a good whinge up. Ian Collins wants a word. 
So here we go, everybody. Ten things that are so amazing, your jaw will not just drop, it will actually fall off. So be careful, remember that when you're listening to this. And who else to deliver the list of surreptitious joy but comedian, writer, just nice bloke, his arm mate, Mr. Del Strain yes, is back with us. Come on. And you've brought with you uh, what is kind of like the definitive mind-blowing list of stuff. You could call it that. A social worker would probably call it the rantings of a madman. <laughs> We're all right with but that. It's just yeah. what I've had right, in my brain. To, like, the last couple of days, just whatever floats over me. And then on yeah, the yeah. day, I think, bang, bang, bang. Well, we gave Dale that we said to Dale, you know, come up with like 10 things that are kind of fact-based that you think are just going to essentially blow our socks off. So that's exactly what he's done. Dell, give us number 10. Number 10. Every year, 30,000. British holidaymakers, including first-time holidaymakers, young lads going on the last on their first holidays, oh, yeah. which is a rite of passage, 30,000 of them are injured from right? minor to severe accidents. Severe accident! <laughs> Starting at the top, mostly with balconies. Oh, it's just about, so it's a bloody balcony. Or getting drunk and coming oh, back and diving yeah, in a right. swimming pool and, yeah, and forgetting yeah, the shallow it's shallow. End. But the most one that gets on me is like when you go to Corfu or another sort of place of that sort of yeah, demographic, yeah. and they, they take the scooters out. And they take the scooters out, and the guy wheels up this thing that's held together by masking tape, basically. Mm. And then you end up getting a little scratch in it because something happens with your mate because you're acting out. Yeah. And you go back, and this guy in leather trousers and a white vest with a ponytail called Costas <laughs> stands there with a club, <laughs> tapping like that while you're on the phone, asking your parents or uh, guardian to um, send some money to Corfu um, Western Union. About three grand usually is this thing. To cover the exhaust. Yeah, and it's, 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 yeah. it's big business, you know, but seriously, a lot of people are hurt, so just be careful if you're going on that first holiday. Don't go too much. You want to come back to tell the tale. 30,000 accidents, balcony and pool-based. Balcony and pool-based and scooter. Uh, shenanigans with a scooter, mm. which is... And if you are riding a scooter at 100 miles an hour, probably best not to do it while just wearing a thong, which seems yeah. to be... Most people's desire an idea of safety kit there is an element of that and especially if you go to some of the more touristy spots in uh, well in India for example around yeah. Goa shorts Goa. she is you know Thank no t-shirt or anything <laughs> and, uh, and no helmet in amongst Indian yeah. traffic which I have to be honest and, not the best idea and also I'm sure it's oh, there the is a helmet with a no well, shorts oh, there is <laughs> but it's not the right one and also four people on a bike yes including a baby usually on somebody's and a head. cow and a cat with a bell on it. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Out the way. <laughs> a cow, a baby, a bike, four <laughs> members of the family, some shopping, and the car as yeah, well. The car as which well. Which just broken down. Which isn't really a car. Yeah. It's a sort of golf buggy with a lawnmower engine. That's the one. <laughs> That's a mind-blowing fact number nine. Bank holidays cost the UK £19 billion pounds a year. 1.3 of the... Economies yearly take is lost through bank holidays, nonsense, home base, watching Colombo and arguing right? with your missus. It's funny because they, they have always said that. Uh, now, when when Osborne says it, everybody laughs at him. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking liar. What are you talking about, George? But actually, it's true. Yeah, if you take a day off, the nation takes a day off, other than the home bases and the B&Qs, then... There's no money being. But this is my point. If that's the case with bank holidays and adding one bank holiday to our year, then really, what about on top of that, the 5.5 million visitors a day 
on top of normal commuters that are going to hit London with the Olympics, and there's 23,000 yeah, yeah. of them with mobility problems. Very good point. There you go, yes, very You know, 23,000 with mobility problems. Yeah. You're going to have, like, scooter rage, disabled people caution each other. It's going to be like Ben Hur. It's, it's also, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to, you know, with respect to the, the, the London tube system, the, when it comes to disabled Rights, if you yeah. like, I or mean, even you, you'd be forgiven for thinking that the tube was designed by Pol Pot. Oh, it has, yeah. I mean, there is absolutely nothing that is conducive. Well, they're trying to work on it, but you know, it's so old. Of course. How do you start, you know, getting ramps and kit into a, a place like that? I mean, I think the way they've dealt with it over the last few years is just deal with the ones that people put the vision on and ensure that it's not right. But yeah, yeah. like you say, it's so fast. Let's have uh, fact number. Eight. You ain't gonna believe this, because I could not believe this. One third, that's one third of all the businesses in London, bars, restaurants, etc., yeah. have got no contingency plans to get the staff into work during this madness that is the Olympics. Is that right? Piss up and brewery comes to mind. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just a little bit disappointed in that, because I thought he was gonna say no contingency in mind in case of an attack by zombies. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you should really be thinking about that. I've seen the news in the States. Oh, there, I, I, there, there is a, a zombie about. contingency plan, though. Oh, yeah. Well, not an actual one that London businesses have. I've got one. You steal a guy's camper van round the corner, cut the sleeves off my tartan shirt and get a shotgun and a banjo. <laughs> you could do that. Um, that usually ends in arrest, but it's <laughs> worth a go. Oh, we're in Armageddon. It's uh, in-game. Yeah. Well... well through the looting glass by that point. So if the police are zombies at this point, then presumably none of that matters anyway. That's no, very it's true. Gone. Right? It's yeah. end game. Everybody's it's zombied. The four horsemen coming on at Harley Davidson. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's not zombied then in this equation? Beasts. Beasts? Not priests, probably. <laughs> Holy men. I would, I would like to see a Gandhi zombie or a Pope zombie. Sort of. You would know that it was a Pope scary, with a hat for a yeah, start, yeah, wouldn't yeah. you? A dead giveaway. Yeah. Well, then Rangers fans are getting a hump at the moment. I wouldn't like to be a Pope zombie. <laughs> Not really. Uh, let's have a stunning bit of data. Number seven. 4.2 million CCTV cameras and getting more. That's 300 times a day the average person comes up on CCTV and we have spent 560, that's 560 million pounds yeah. of your public purse. That's one CCTV camera for every four people. That's so, extraordinary. Shakespeare was right. There is that. The world is really a stage. There is that fact <laughs> that Basingstoke has more CCTV than New York, which is just extraordinary. But, I mean, there'll be no need for all these these lunatics <laughs> going on Big Brother and all that, because soon there'll be enough CCTV cameras uh, for every person. So everybody will and we'll be have on. We'll have our own uh, Truman Show. Uh, let's have fact number six. Now, this time of year, lots of clubs, the new strips come out. Like my club's strip just came out this week. and Millwall, yeah. yeah, and a lot of the fans were only sort of keen on it. And, you know, that's, it's, millions and millions of pounds is raised in revenue every year at this time of year with the new shirts. But do you know what the oldest football shirt is? Oh, right, so the first club to have a strip, yes. as it were. Yes, first club to it's have It's going to be somebody strip. like, it's not going to be any of the obvious contenders, it's going to be something like Preston North End. Nearly the right colours, it's Notts County. Oh, there you go, not well, it wasn't in a uh, an erroneous territory then. Which uh, was established in 1862. They were also founding members of your football league, which originated in 1888 by a Scotsman called William McGregor. <laughs> That's just a made-up name. Isn't That's it? true. Is he he invented the football English football league. D- is that right? That's a fact. William McGregor. So that's where we get McGregor's law from, I suppose. 
That's right. I just think it's yes. pretty funny that a Scotsman invented your league, to be honest. I, I never knew that. Yeah. I never I knew forgot that. to invent a Scottish one. <laughs> <laughs> we did a few years later. We did. We're still, we're still inventing. Let's have fact number five. You know, in the old Jubilee there, I was I was sort of in a straight jacket and then heavy doses of Valium for about four days with all that flag waving. But um, it takes me back to nostalgia at them times and I thought to myself, you know, what was the price of a gallon of petrol in 1977 compared to today? Now, this is something oh, we've talked about a lot, as in your money, your wages, etc. Yeah, yeah. Gallon of petrol, 77 pence. A pint of butter, 34 pence. Uh, a Ford Capri a la Cherry McCain, 3,101 pound mush. Or, if you want a bit of offer, a bit of the Jag. The Jag XJ, that was 8,174 quid. Wow. Your average wage was £68.70, which converted to today's pounds and pence would be 259 quid. That's proving the fact we're working for what we were 30 years ago, but everything has gone up. Fact number four. Oh, I can't believe this. 17% of women in the UK would still sleep with Sean Connery, 007 licensed to pill. Blue one. Seventeen percent. Seventeen percent. Um, you know, I don't know if he's that hard anymore, to be honest. Well, he still looks pretty mean. Uh, I just don't think he's hard as he was. No, I don't know. He's got the bond thing going on, hasn't he? In some areas he's just not as hard as he was. Oh, I think he's quite a tough guy. Let's have fact number three. I'm cable car over the Thames, yeah? <laughs> The cable car over the Thames. Oh, you ain't hear this. 2,500 people an hour. It goes to the O2, which was the dome. I'm quite sure. Good luck getting 2,500 people there an hour. And I just think it's it's asking for diehard six. Any spare change, Gav? <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone in a cave with a beard is sitting there going, now that's what I want to do this summer. It's just asking for trouble, but on the plus side, my where eagles dare stagnate could become a reality. You make a very good point. This is fact number two. Yeah, money's tight with the economic downturn, and then most Brits this year will actually be having holidays in the UK. The average UK holiday costing £433.47, and they reckon it'll put £1.5 onto the money that they spent from last year, calling even the staycation. Okay. Or as they call it, south of the river. I've had to hand my passport into the old bill shop because <laughs> the euros are on. <laughs> and this, everybody, is stunning. Knock your sideways. Your drawer will literally drop off. It is fact-based caper like you never saw before. Number one. Number one. Number one. Now, I can... I had the pleasure of going to Lake Windermere. First of all, it's a lovely place. Don't think they get a lot of my demograph up there. Took a boat out, turned into road wars, sort of thing. Really? Um, oh, yeah, they were a bit... I think they thought I was going to throw chip butties in a tiramisu. Did you have age? No, I only hoisted a Jolly Roger. I hadn't even got the plank out. But I had the pleasure of gigging with Alan Kennedy, the guy that scored two winning goals in two European Cup finals. And he had his medals with him that night. He also had League Cup and Milk Cup medals. And do you know that the European medal he won twice against the Germans and the Italians in the European Cup finals was no bigger than a 10p piece. Is that right? And all they got was a little box with that medal. No. They played for the pleasure of it. No Prada gift bags, none of that. Yeah. And just to put it into perspective, not that long ago, 
Alan Hansen's first book deal, he told us, was £500. Hansen's first book deal was 500 quid. His book deal, That's yeah. That's about 450 quid too much, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. For my but when you think about that, the money yeah, that yeah, they're yeah. getting now and how football has changed, it's really True. phenomenal. That's True. why he's out there gigging with me and... Alan Hansen is. No, let's, um, let's thank, I think, our guest in here tonight, essentially making our brains more copious and healthy once more. Or just filling them up with random shit. Knowledge point. is power, my people. Knowledge yeah. is power. Del Stray. Del Credit stream. So, there we go. And despite protestations from the management, licensing laws mean that is the end of episode 23. And don't forget, all previous episodes are still available for free to download now. And if you're on iTunes, do make sure you pop us a nice five-star review. Thanks to you for downloading. Thank you to all of our guests. All can be found on Twitter, as can we, at Ian Collins UK. The in-show feature and sponsor music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. The show's technical operator is Andre Porch, programme edited by Manny Kendall. Our researcher was Lois Lane. And today's chunky fact comes courtesy of Mike in Tunbridge who tells me that a giraffe is so uniquely evolved it can clean its own ears with its own tongue. Then again so can Talisa. One would imagine. Oh and as ever the in-show catering was provided by Abdul's Coffee Shack. We'll be back next week with writer, actor and comedian Miles Jupp. Goodbye. A Big Things Media Production Big Things Conquer Life's Mountains with the Mitsubishi ASX. Powering Ian Collins once a word. Or see Kingdom of Splink.